Hey, what's up, fuckies? This is Reset the Mindset Podcast. Live Inside Out. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Maddie. And this one's on co-parenting. Two happy homes are better than one broken home. Ooh, it's rough. We know it's rough. We get it. Who's ever been there, they automatically know. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's time for the pop-off. Uh, we just... We dubbed this the pop-off in episode four. That was recorded about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so we're just going to use the same bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Unless unless subscribers and listeners want to start sending us bottles. Or at least recommend. Recommendations, yeah. Because, I, dude, I go into the whiskey aisle, and I'm probably staying there for like 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Just fucking mouth open, drooling like a mouth-breathing mongoloid. Yeah. I almost I let my 10-year-old daughter pick that, this yeah. one out just because I was tired of standing there. I'm like, please do something. I do the same shit, dude. And I just look for ones that haven't been moved in a while, and I'm like... That's probably See, it. See, I found one today where the label was falling off, and I was like, that's going to be it. But then as I was walking away, I was like, no, I saw this one. Spirit Hound Distilleries out of uh, Lyons, Colorado. Yep. It's pretty decent. It's not bad. It's not it's, bad. It's uh, like chewing on a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Take you back to second grade pretty fucking quick. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Cheers on this one. Hey, cheers. All right. So, yeah, like we said, this episode... It's going to be our fifth episode. We're dropping mm -hmm. two within a couple days of one another. Mm -hmm. um, we just released another one about the New Year's resolutions real quick. And now we're, we're back on track. Yeah, we're getting back on track. So this one's going to be released out on uh, January 2nd. Um, so going on to the whole co-parenting, uh, a couple of the stats that we found on the 2020 census. 18.5 million kids in the U.S. live within a co-parent environment. So, meaning, like, they bounce back and forth between the mom and the dad, whether that's 50-50 custody, every other weekend, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. that is the environment that 18.5 million kids in the U.S. live in. That is nearly 25% of the kids' population in the United States, which ranks the U.S. the highest in the entire world. I think next um, was England, and it was, like, um, barely double digits. Yeah, but... Given the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem so bad, if I'm being completely honest, because... Elaborate. Well, a lot of places, I mean, it is extremely frowned upon with severe repercussions. Yeah. Especially I, third world countries that I've uh, had to visit in uh, my previous career. So. Yeah, I didn't take that into consideration. I know, I think Ireland was one of the last countries to allow divorce. Really? Yeah, I think it was within the past... 20 years. Well, fuck's sake. Yeah, Ireland was that. keeping it tradish pretty darn hard. Damn, that that's the Catholics in them. That's why they do that stuff. No hate. I'm just I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but I'm saying I mean, I'm I am oh, literally me. a torn person because I'm half Scottish and like half Irish. And a yeah, little bit here. of Native American in there. Yeah, I'm Irish and hillbilly full, you know, through and through. Full redneck. Yeah. <laughs> just Appalachian to shit. Appalachian American, sir. <laughs> oh. Excuse me, I don't want to offend anyone. No, none. Oh, we better get to triggered. No, none around here. Okay, so how do you want to kick this one off? We went well, over I the think stats. The, the biggest, well, with the stats, yeah. I mean, like, I'm surprised that it's 18.5, but at the same time, I'm not because, like, I mentioned when we talked about divorce. Yeah, it's almost like it's a rite of passage now. Yeah, right. I feel like we spend. 
the vast majority of our younger years trying to find someone and just get married because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And now you see kind of like a completely split idea of where it's like, I meet women that are like, I don't want kids. Yeah. I don't want to have kids. Well, keep stepping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm not about that. Like, I would love to have another kid if the chemistry's right. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to make the same mistake twice. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. But at the same time, like, I would be completely accepting of someone else's child so long as we agreed on the parenting style. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I have no issue with not being the father figure, but just being a male role model. Yeah, you don't situation. have to be the dad. Yeah, just this the role model, just someone they can look up to and come to for advice and stuff. Yeah, yeah but this isn't really about that, right? It's not at all. No, sorry. Yeah, we went on a small tangent, tangent there. but we will retract. Well, I feel like if we're going back to the title of this conversation, right? Co-parenting. Uh, co-parenting. What does that it's, even mean? Well, Let's, I want to move farther into the title even. Fuck. If I can. Definitely. Will you let me do that? Yeah. All right. By all means. Shut the sir. fuck up. <laughs> I am now vigorously sipping my whiskey. So what I get drawn to in the title, and I really liked the way you put it down, um, was that it's better to have two happy homes than a broken home. Because originally, I forget what I had said, but you had said it way better. Uh -huh. um, what is... A broken home, right? Because I feel like that's the start of it. And the biggest thing that I learned in my divorce, especially with parenting, is there is no fucking reason a child should suffer because of a failed relationship. Yeah. And what do we do? Stay together for the kids. Yeah. Shout out. Anybody knows that pop punk song? But I mean... We all do that, right? Because like, yeah. that's what we think we have to do, yeah. right? And going back to it, we all like, I know I got married at a very young age yeah. on a whim. Yeah, right? I preach to the choir, and brother. I don't think I'll ever get married by the government again. Because yeah. fuck that shit. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you on that one, but I'm more just open with it. At the same time. But I think we have to define what is a broken home. What creates that? Why is that a problem? And then why is it a better solution to break that problem up? Yeah. And move forward, you know, divided. Yeah. Um, broken home for me, right? I mean, I, fucking levels of abuse, quite yeah. honestly. You got the physical abuse, which unfortunately I had a fair share of. Yeah. You've got emotional, mental abuse, which again, unfortunately, had a fair share of. And then you have like your sexual abuse, which is almost, I don't want to even want to entertain it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think if you're, if you can't communicate well and everything you argue about becomes violence or you're avoiding each other, there's no communication and it becomes detrimental, right? And obviously like infidelity and all the other kind of stringing out factors, it's not good for raising a kid. No. Because you learn all of that stuff and then you hold on to it subconsciously and then guess what? Yeah. You have the you have us and the weird <laughs> dynamics I, that a lot of us have. I, I love my mom and, you know, my dad got us soul and all this stuff, but I always say now as a grown man that I had the 
best role models because they were the worst. Be Ooh. Because I knew what I didn't want to be and want to do. And this goes in every aspect of my life, whether it's from my brother and all that kind of stuff. But I remember being as as early as six years old, seeing that kind of stuff. And I went through, you know, I, I heard the, you know, the, a lot of the verbal abuse and stuff. And it was just more of the sidelines, not directed towards me, but during that time, you know, going through the sexual abuse and the actual physical abuse by other people that was associated and stuff with, you know, everything at that time. Like I can resonate with you on that, on, you know, being considered a broken home and, you know, at a young age and kind of going through that stuff. And like I said, being like six years old and realizing that something's wrong. Yeah. And people like to think that they're just a kid. They watch cartoons. They, they're not catching on. I'm sorry, but back in 1995, when there was really nothing digital, anything going on, and I'm six years old and I can pick up my mom and dad aren't friends anymore. I can only imagine my kids now who are 11, 10, 8, and 2 in the 21st century that they can pick up on this shit even quicker. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I was pretty big on honing in on that stuff kind of when I started detecting riffs and stuff in my own. Oh, yeah. Um, man, I was. you really said something, and I had it, and I kind of lost it. Oh, I really liked how you said, you know, you didn't have, like, the greatest of upbringings, but you... Oh, the best role models. I, I want to dial back to that, because, yes, I went through some things that, a lot of people shouldn't have to go through. And I think the same is probably said for a lot of our listeners and you. And yeah. But let's be real. Kids don't come with an instruction manual. No. You don't you don't get married and the court doesn't give you like a hey, best practices. Yeah. You know, like these are the top ten rules to success or any of that shit. You're all just figuring it out. It's all trial and error and at I, the beginning. I want to make it very clear. Like my parents, I went through a lot turmoil trauma and shit like that i wouldn't take back a fucking thing yeah. that i went through because i wouldn't be who the fuck i am absolutely and again the they same. didn't have an instruction manual all they had was their parents telling them how they should do it yeah. and we know how this systemic trauma and complications exist yeah and they didn't you know what I mean? Like that—that that wasn't like readily accessible how it is now. We also come though from a different background than what most people do. Like our family is kind of like both of our dads are from the south and stuff, more yeah. old school stuff like that. So, you know, reaching out for asking for help on, you know, how do I handle this situation with my son, or you know, be a parent or anything like that, wasn't really something that you did. Well, it's just anything. Yeah, like. And, and again, no offense to my dad, but this was just how his generation was led to believe. Yeah. It wasn't like a, hey, I have an issue. What do you do? Man the fuck up. Yeah. Figure it the fuck yeah. out. I think my dad was 20 and my mom was 15 when they got married and they Damn. started having kids. That's a child having a child, you know, at that point. And we saw it a lot growing up, you know. Yeah. In Northeast Indiana, that's how we roll. God bless them. You know, they're, they're, like I said, they're trying to figure things out. They're doing the best that they can at the time. With what they had. With what they had, which yeah. is a lot of time, not a lot. No. But. We digress. Yeah. That being said. Um, in those circumstances, and, I, and I'm thankful that my parents did what they did. Yeah. Because God knows what would have happened. But Amen. should you stay together for the kids? Absolutely not. 
No. And I agree with that 100% because I tried it, right? So did I. I always said... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good, dude. Go. No, I always said, because I saw what happened to my family and how they split up. I was in fourth grade when my parents divorced. And I always said that I would never stay together just for the kids. But then I had kids. I had three kids with my first wife. And I fought like hell. And I was like, you know, I'm going to make it work. Was I happy? No, I was not a happy person. Was I a good dad at that time? No. So at that time, you know, it was hard to practice what you preach. But then you, when you actually get in the cockpit of it and you're like, shit, like you can't stay together for the kids because look how it's affecting you. Yeah. That's where I just kind of realized it firsthand. Yeah. I can't. Well, I tried, right? And we had our bats of infidelity and I'm no, no fucking saint, right? Like, same. Shit happened, and I had left, and it was eating me up, and then I had a moment where I had infidelity, and I that ate the fuck away at my character. Like, I was a walking shell of a fucking human yeah. trying to keep this relationship together just for my kid. Absolutely. But I was a terrible fucking husband. I was a terrible fucking father. I was... Anybody that knew me as a platoon sergeant back then, I was fucking ruthlessly yeah. disgusting. Like... Yeah. And not not like any kind of weird thing. Like I wasn't violating EO and Sharp, but yeah, sure. I was wink, calling wink. people in at like four o'clock, three thirty, <laughs> the whole fucking platoon and just destroying them. Ah. You know? I was fucking miserable and I yeah, took you it took out. It out on everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Misery loves company, right? It sure does. And the kids should never like they no. you shouldn't suffer again for failed relationships. No. Keep it's that. it's one of those things like you Communication is always key in a relationship. And that goes with, you know, uh, a relationship as in, you know, dating, a friendship relationship, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when it gets past that point that communicating is not effective or is not even done in an appropriate manner. Oh, yeah. Things need to start being addressed because it will start fizzling down oh, yeah, to dude. these kids. And I shut up. Yeah. I didn't even know I had fucking emotions until like Stella was three years old. Yeah, I remember, yeah. You know, we talked about this before. Um, Yeah, key point, don't. Plan an exit strategy, you know. Have, like, a real conversation. Come, these, yeah, like I said, this is coming from two people who've done it. Yeah. So this isn't just, you know, like like most of our podcasts. We didn't read this out of a book. We lived it. We learned it. Yeah, but the the big struggle, like, co-parenting, right, is, like, once you figure out, like, this relationship's no longer working. Yeah. We need an exit strategy. Now what do we do? That's fucking difficult, right? Because the turmoil kicks up and now oh, it's yeah. like we're going fucking for throats and shit for no reason. Right? I've noticed, yeah. And the fir- my first marriage with my oldest three, it was so toxic that everything – I'm going to speak for her as well on this one because I know it's going to be true. We <laughs> used – Yeah. We – she probably won't admit it, but we did use each other or use the kids as pawns at first, you know, and how to, you know, what to say. And then like, you know, play the favorites kind of ordeal. It was really toxic. It was ignorant. And the kids kind of called us out on it. And Ooh, man, yeah, they even said like, why, why do you want us to say that? Why do you want us to do this? Like, yeah. you know, kind of ordeal. And it's just not the right thing to do toward, you know, it's not, but let's be real. Like, it happens so often. Oh, dude. yeah. And just because it happens, it doesn't mean it's good, but expect it. To true. Happen. But the beautiful thing between you guys now is like the resolve that you guys have and the situationship oh, that you have now. We is are great. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? And you have, 
and that's the point I'm going to draw to is like the very beginning of this co-parenting relationship is catastrophic. It's chaos, right? Like, yeah, you think separating is the hard part? You're burning a home down. Yeah. Yeah, you're burning a home down. You're going to try to make another one out of all the burnt wood and everything else that's not salvageable. It's a fucking real struggle. Yeah. And there is, again, no instruction manual. Hell right? no. There's no. There's no way of going about it. But I would say um, you just have to let the feelings go, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're going through that whole phase, try – and this is like hindsight 2020. Yeah. Right? Like of try to not do, you know, the bargaining chips with the children or like go for the throat of the guy for alimony and child support when he's getting 50% custody of his kids, too. Like there's so much. That could be a whole other podcast Dudes, right there, brother. <laughs> yeah. For real, just real quick. Like men get fucked so hard in this situation nowadays because we're still paying for our father's mistakes. In these situations. Yeah. Like, it's not real. Like, we talked about this before we even started the podcast. Like, yeah, fit- we were going to do a single parent yeah. conversation. And, and we had had discussions and realized, like, co-parenting is more realistic because single parent situation only applies in small circumstances. And a lot of times now, you have a co-parent situation happening, but the state has pushed the father aside or the mother via the state has pushed the father aside or you're in the situation that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I never understood it when I had literally 50, 50 custody of my kids and I still had to pay all this child support. I never understood it. Yeah. I was like, I'm there just as much as the mom is. Yeah. You know, I pay for half of all the extracurricular activities and all the stuff like that. It's like, why do I still have to pay for everything else? Like if anything, it's taken away from when they're with me to give to when they're with their mom, which Whole other soapbox. I don't know if we can do a podcast on child support and well, dad's rights. I don't know. But. No, I don't think we need to really elaborate too no, much on no, it. No, no, no. It's just it's a shit. It's a shit deal for us, especially for like the dudes that are good dads. Yeah, and give a fuck. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? It's just a shit deal, yeah. and we need to understand that that's a thing. Yeah. Um. But like you had said, you know, this affects the kids too. So how do we go about, you know, the concept? Of them understanding this whole situation, you know, and how it comes to fruition. Like, the home is now divided. The home's now divided. We are now co-parenting, right? And it, it let's dial it down to the, the way the kids say it. Well, I get to do this at dad's house. Yeah. What, Mom lets me do this. Oh. Hang on, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Whose roof are you under now? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I broke it down into four steps for quote-unquote healthy co-parenting so first one is literally kids first placing your kids first so whenever i even make the smallest decision on what days i'm going to take off of work or you know trade you know uh, have the kids do appointments and stuff like that yeah always place the kids first they're always the number one thing if is this is if both parties can always say this before they say anything or make a decision, place the kids first. How is this going to affect the kids? What is going to the kids going to gain from this or lose from this decision? Right. You're golden. So placing the kids first, though, on all your choices um, will help keep you in line with just kind of being more cordial and positive towards 
the other the other parent. No, I hundred percent agree. Setting, it sets like a, a line of civility. Right? Yeah, You're it's being like civil. You hate me because you know X, Y, and Z, and I hate you because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Guess what? Though we hate each other. Good mutual ground. We also have these beautiful kids over here. Need to focus on them, and they deserve. Yeah, they don't deserve our hate towards each other. We can yep. throw that at each other on the sidelines, but yep. right now we're with them, oh, yeah. and this is what needs to take you know precedence. Mm. Um, second one, communication. Just always being. I've mm. never been easy at good at this one. Well, you know what I, I will say this yeah. like my ex wife and I, terrible at communication when we were together. Just god fucking awful. Yeah. After everything went about its way, it's insane how well we communicate. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course we have our moments, right? Of like, course. I'll make, You're human. Yeah. I'll make an assumption, not necessarily exactly what she had in mind, but it's nothing like catastrophic. It's just something as simple as like what happened this weekend. Like, are you going to keep her overnight for Christmas? Well, yeah, you had her half the day. I was just going to assume that it was just like an early pickup because yeah. that's the thing that we do. And it was like, oh, yeah, duh. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's those are the problems that we yeah. now have. Whereas before, fuck, bro, <laughs> oh, yeah, on a nightmare, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I always do is like I'll ask a question, uh, usually through text because I just prefer text so that way we can always revisit it. If, right. You know, they say something and I'm just kind of questionable. I'll rephrase it. I think you have to. Do yeah. That, right? And then and if it's... they still say something that you don't understand, I just call them up and say, hey. Here's how I perceived it. What's going on? Nothing personal. I just want to make sure we're clear. Yeah. And then I follow up after that and say, hey, you know, this is accurate, correct? And then they say, yeah, like, or, you know, yes or no kind of ordeal, but. No, um, that's not what I was thinking or whatever, but it's like. Yeah, it's, or I didn't intend it that way. It's but super th- cordial, right? Thank so you. it's like. Yeah. Um, so communication is always key. Third, flexibility. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, just have to be that way as a parent regardless. You know. As a parent, and I always tell people, don't lose your identity as a parent. So if mm-hmm. you need to switch a weekend up to accommodate, you know, for work or, you know, a clinic or anything like that. Yeah, but that, it does, is, that becomes very difficult, right? Because there are a lot of relationships where it's like very like hard pressed, like not in my relationship. Yeah, yeah. But her husband, my daughter's stepdad, their kind of relationship deal that they had, and I'm, I'm only speaking of course, like a, a while back was very scripted, like very strict, very regimented, like, no, it's my day. No, it's this day. Yeah. And there's a lot of relationships where it's I like was in that. that. I, yeah. I used to be that guy. It's ugly. Dude. Yeah. They'd be like, my kid would be sick and then I actually call me up and say, hey, you know, Boston's sick. Can you take him to? That's not my day. I'm working today. That is your day. You take care of him. And yeah. when I come back to it, I was like, here's this kid who's sick. He doesn't care who he goes to. He just Go needs back someone. To number one. Yeah, he just needs someone to be there with him because he's ten years old and he's fucking sick. And I'm just like, nope. You know, listen to you help know. him full of cough medicine and shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, but here I'm thinking it's like here's a Robo single mom tripping. though who works at an office who now has to take the day off of work to stay with him. Yeah. And like here I am, I I work comfortably from home. There's nothing I could have done. It's like just me being prideful and ignorant. Yeah. And but ooh, that's a hard pill to swallow though. I I, I swallow that pill pie four times a day with my Flintstones. Prideful and ignorant. That's me. I get called out a lot and I am no problem recognizing. I'm like, shit, you're right. Just biting the head off a of Wilma. Like, Let's <laughs> this one down. Yeah. 
Um, oh, so yeah, the flexibility thing, like I said, you, you're going to have a life. You're going to have things yeah. come up. Kids, a kid's head will, I swear to God, will fall off at a moment's notice. That's so true. And you have to be able to work together and, you know, be like, you know, be able to figure things out. Um, the fourth one, and I actually kind of, I'm going to put this one second. Uh, kids okay. always first. Fourth one, though, respect. Yeah, I think that's number two. I have always been, and I kind of just wrote this down just as I was thinking, but I've always, sorry, not always, but recently within the past year, have said, like, is this constructive towards the situation? The way we talk to each other, the way we interact. Yeah. If it's not, you don't need to say it because, once again, all this stuff, the communication, the flexibility, the respect, will funnel down and the kids will recognize it. Yeah. So showing them the respect towards each other, not, you know, despite of why you are no longer with that person, Mm -hmm. you no longer need to bring that up to them because now they are just the father or the mother of your kid. And that's the way they need to be spoken to. They don't need to be spoken to as the ex who did all these bad things to you. Well, and even the courts tell you this, right? Like you're not supposed to speak ill of the other parent ever in front of the kids. Like that's actually documented yeah right? and you're not supposed to but a good way though to make sure you don't do that is just don't speak ill about them in front of they're like don't even yeah, speak because Ill the, with one another yeah because the only thing you're trying to do is to get hurt. them charged up yeah you're trying to just take jabs and that's yeah. why i say like take a step back it's like what i'm about to say is that going to be constructive towards this situation yeah and i ha- i had my moments i said oh, some disgusting I things say it all I, I sorry not all the time but i will lose my temper i'm a hillbilly that yeah, to us. I lost and, mine one time and I'll never forget it. And I will make sure I never do that again. Because yep. quite honestly, if we dial it back, I lucked out, dude. Like my ex-wife, yeah, we had our, our differences. But I mean, shortly after the divorce, she got a promotion. She was like, hey, you don't have to pay me alimony anymore. Like, you know, I mean, just yeah. so many great things about this person, yeah. really. And it, it's terrible that things didn't work out, but yeah, like she had said, um, I'm better for it. We're yeah. both better for it. Absolutely, you know I mean? it hurts and stuff when you go oh, through that terrible. and you lose, lose them and stuff. But like the way I consider both my ex wives, it's like I'd still, I always tell them, I care for you. I'm always there for you. If you ever need someone to speak to, you have or talk to. to. I'm always there for you because I know if I'm encouraging and I'm strengthening them. They're going to show up more for my kid as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, dude. So, you know, what, you know, me, you know, cutting them down and, you know, not being there for them, what, yeah. what good is that going to be for the kids? Yeah, you really have to set aside all your bullshit. Yeah. You really have to be like, and, and I love how you list this out, right? And so, like, kids first, respect second. Yep. Like, that's communication. Yeah. And fuck the rest of the shit because yeah. the rest of the shit don't matter, yeah. dude. It does not fucking matter. That's true. And so many people get tied up into this bullshit. My ex did this. My ex did that. Oh, cool. he cheated on me seven times. So what? Yeah, who Bro? cares if, if he's now fucking your sister? Quit living in the past. It's how you end up depressed. You live in the future, you got anxiety. Get absolutely. over your shit. Live absolutely. here and now. Yes, absolutely. Fucking suck it up. It's actually, co-parenting is, I know we said it's kind of hard at first, but oh, if you can get both people on board with these, you're good. And the best way to do it is, you know, my, my first ex-wife... She used to always just say some crazy. She'd be saying some shit sometimes, and I would not feed into it. Like she would say well, something no. nasty, I would just. Well, I told you this before, right? Mm. I teach Stella. 
be water yeah when there's fire yeah right so for anybody that doesn't know my practice kind of like a buddhist mindset and i, I trickle that down to my daughter right yeah, and, and, you, and that's a whole nother thing right and maybe we'll have time to visit this but at the same time like someone has to take the first step in the right direction and you have to understand that when you do that you're going to be under scrutiny Absolutely. and you just have to understand like it's going to happen especially when the other party just wants to make low blows and just scorch you, you they just want what? to hurt you a little bit let them yeah. because quite honestly it is a very difficult process yeah right you've lost your identity yeah. you're disheveled everything's fuck i mean i do kind of agree with the fact that you should have to pay the other person a certain amount of money to keep the same standard of living because that's the best interest for the child yeah right okay. but at the same time <clears throat> you don't need to bleed either party dry yeah to meet that need like yeah. there's a lot of dudes that pay a ridiculous <laughs> amount of shit and it's not it's not necessarily your ex-wife's fault it's when the state jumps in and says well x y and z applies check the fucking block i know when we went to the fucking courthouse bro the judge never meeting me in a whole ass fucking courtroom of these people was openly asking my ex-wife if I had abused her to get her to agree on the numbers that we had on a piece of paper. And I was like, we did the fucking worksheet the way you wanted us to. We did it with and the state. And he was like, well, let me do the numbers. Yeah, I did it with the state. Oh, you're doing – you're paying all the child support? Yeah. Oh, and you paid for all the child care? Yeah. And it's like fucking $600 a month, bro. Yeah. Oh, I guess the numbers do make sense. Didn't apologize. Yeah. Oh, dude. Buddy, buddy, did I want to fucking grab that dude by the fucking ears and They were and asking him me the same things. They were going on about me, asking me these things, and they'd ask me a question. I'd go to answer it. And then the moment I stepped out of the line and started, like, answering, I guess, further, I literally got yelled at in the court to stop talking because I'm now responding to another question. And me being not a lawyer or anyone that knows anything other than watching, like, Law and Order a couple times on TNT. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, hey, I'm just here, just pleading my case. And like the judge came down me hard as hell. Like just told me to stop talking when she'd asked me a question. I was like, I literally didn't know what to do with my hands. And thankfully, like they had actually tried like to, you know, push my first ex-wife to get alimony and she declined it. She said, I don't need it. She goes, just give me whatever, you know, the court says for the kids. Yeah. And that was it. But she's been. I feel like we keep going back into like how the court system fucks this whole situation. Well, and it, first it, time was my fault. Second time was yours. I know, but Slippery at the same slope. time, it's so fucking real. Like through the experience, like this is what makes co-parenting difficult because it creates like this an animos animosity. Really does it. It, the animosity the dads because well, just in the I, relationship, right? Is yeah. like well. Two effects, right? Like the women will be like, well, I don't need anything. But then you go to court and you're like, oh, my God, I really deserve like all this stuff. Well, maybe you don't really do. But at the same time, like you're fed to believe this by the government. Yeah. So why would you not believe it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like and there's certain bucks, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. fucking feed me money, son. There's all these organizations now like that are for pro dads. Like, you know, when you go to court and everything oh, like that. that shit. Yeah. I've yet to look into it, to be completely honest. But it's like. I, I'm glad to see that there's traction being taken to help another side of the party that like has always been kind of brushed under the rug because 
Well, and for a good reason, yeah, well, because all there custom- was an issue. Yeah, there was an issue, to, but like, but we're not being realistic now. Yeah, yeah, those are like some old ass laws. There's some now. good ass fucking dads out there. Absolutely, trying, trying their fucking damnedest. Yeah, like I said, like I'm no. looking at one right now. Oh my god, I was about to say the same goddamn <laughs> thing about you. Like I said, there's always us, and then right after us is our kids, and that's how we kind of focus. Yeah, and I we're. We're getting to our timeline oh, here, God, um, and we've kind of gone down the deep road. We're on the second episode of the night, so Bob's yeah. halfway gone. So, yeah, well, fuck it. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do like what we have mentioned so far, and I yeah. mean, really, if you're going through any oh, kind of situations like this, that's the biggest thing: is one person needs to be the bigger individual, and it doesn't matter. It needs to be an unspoken kind of thing, and I think that's a great place to start too. Is like child's first right children yep. first respect second right even with just those two you're creating such a great pathway forward yeah and it develops into so much more and when you get into the communication part yeah the more that you communicate as co-parents and i'm just gonna i'm gonna jump on a soapbox really quick right now i was telling you this before we started recording for three years now since my divorce. I don't know what the fuck we're doing right, but my kid has gotten student of the month, which means that she's being like the most helpful, cordial, and supportive person in her school amongst the kindergartners yeah. and fourth graders. We've gotten we've gotten stories from the teacher about how they're she's helping people with disabilities. She's helping people with ADHD. That's She's phenomenal. communicating. Very. I mean, I've had the people at daycare tell me and pull me aside and say, like, the way that your daughter communicates to people or to you or your ex-wife when you guys come to pick her up is insane. Yeah. And that is because of the co-parenting relationship. You and Desert, yeah. yeah. The relationship that we've developed. Jeremy, and I think you have to do that. Dude. Thinking of, like, kind of like the pieces of crap that we were growing up. You think, honestly, like, think about it. Like, look at us, like, back then. That is my biggest accomplishment. Seriously, like, that is the, that is crazy that that came from you. Because, like, if you look at how we used to be. God, it was such a piece of shit. Was. Like, we still are a little bit. I'm just saying, though, like, it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I, you know, like, all our kids are doing great and stuff. And it's all just due to positive co-parenting no matter like what they're doing it really is but i think going back to what you had said you can't lose your own identity you need to keep keep working on yourself keep progressing yourself and every step forward that you take is a step forward for your kids i mean i don't know we've had these discussions on and off right like there's no such thing as a bad word yeah right for everybody listening right now cuss around your kids Get it's not an adult used. word, or it's not a bad word. It's not a bad word. They're adult words. Yeah, nothing Until wrong. Until you understand the full meaning of that word, yeah. you shouldn't use the word. And the same goes with any other word in the English language. It's just a fucking word. It is. It's not going to hurt it's you? Not, it's not the child's fault. It's not your fault. It's not anybody else's fault, except for the individual receiving that word yep. that gets charged for whatever reason. I mean, what did we hear when we were kids? Sticks and stones. They break our bones. But words... Will never hurt me. But look at you, you motherfucker! You're 45. You hear a cuss word, and your fucking world Trigger. is shattered. Yeah, 
grow up. My 10-year-old here is fucking shit all the time, and she goes on living her life. Yeah. Because it's and sticking a- up for herself from the last conversation that we had. Oh, yeah. Old girl got in a fight at daycare. So Straighten that shit right out. Yeah. Not and you know now. what? That's life. That is, yeah. 100%. You know what we need to stop doing as parenting? Is like trying to protect our kids so much from the real, like the real world and yeah. teach them what the real world is yeah. and how to navigate it effectively. Yeah. Stop being a helicopter parent. Yeah. You're not saving them. They yeah. need to learn. They need to, bro, let them go fuck up. Like I said, I was at first, I would not let my kids when we went to Disney. They were within arm's reach at all times. If I couldn't slap you on the back of the head, you're too far from me. Go to Disney with four kids and try try that. It's going to have leashes everywhere. And, they, and my second ex-wife even told me, she goes, look, we're at Disney. It's expensive. No one wants another kid under their dime. That's a true And so, like, at that time, I was like, God damn, like, that's true. It's like, so I started letting my kids kind of go because I was very helicopter because, like, I don't want to lose my kids. I didn't want something to happen no to them. No one does. And that's like where I got to the point where I, I stopped saying, be careful when you're doing something. It's like, don't instill that fear in them. Let them figure things out. Yeah. Don't say, be careful or watch out for that. Let them trip over that. Let I them, mean, let them taste the dirt. Why not? I agree with that, but there's going to be, you know what I mean? It's almost like second nature to say like, be careful. Yeah. I do. And I, I, I bite my tongue a lot, but before we go off on this one, I really want to touch base with this one. And I kind of mentioned it right before we started recording was I think this may apply to a lot of our listeners too, since a lot of our listeners are military mm-hmm. and everything is the long distance parenting. Oh, so bro. real quick, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, I've been in the situation where I've had, where I was stationed at Fort Carson and I've had single dads that had their kids in Texas, Louisiana, Maine, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And trying to be a dad or trying to be a mom when being, you know, Away. Yep. I have personally dealt with this um, still currently. Shit, still currently. My youngest daughter, she's almost two. Her name's Charlotte. She's She lives down in Florida. Um, this long-distance relationship, it was the one is still the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I know it is. And, deal, you know, with uh, military personnel who is, you know, stationed, you know, throughout the United States and their kids are elsewhere or you're deployed on assignment, stuff like that. Yep. I'm speaking to everyone right now that's going through that situation. And the three things that I've found to be instrumental with within my situation, I try to fly down at least once a month for at least three to four days to visit my two-year-old. I think that's fucking awesome, bud. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. It's a, it's a one thing that I, it's like my must that I do every month. I like, there's no, uh, give or take on it. It's a must. I know. And uh, there's been plenty of times where we've tried to plan trips and you're like, no, sorry, I can't. It's my Florida weekend. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, And also, like I said, due to great co-parenting with me and her mother, it has provided, you know, you know, pretty good, uh, you know, relationship with me and my daughter and stuff and accommodations while I'm down there uh, for the sake of my daughter. But I will say there's three things that, are key for a long distance relationship. And they are keeping your word and a schedule. Ooh. No matter, like I said, my daughter, when I first left was 18 months. Now she's almost two. Mm. She doesn't really understand a schedule or what your word is. Well, I mean the concept of time to kids. I yeah. Mean, I think eight. it's at you this know? age right now, one hour for an adult equals 
10 hours for her age. Shit. That's actually, that came from a child psychologist. They told me that. Until they're about five, it's about three hours for our one. And then like 10 years old, it's about two hours of their time is equivalent to our one. Makes sense. So, but keeping your word in your schedule. At, At an earlier age, that goes more towards the parent. If you say you're going to FaceTime them every other day at this time, do it. Yeah. If you say you are going to see them at X, Y, and Z, do it. Now, if you can't do it and like you know something comes up because that is life, mm-hmm. let the other party know. Reach out. Try to you know change that time. Once again, be flexible because plans change. Yep. Um, but as they get older, you know, at the point I, I was living in Florida and I had my three oldest kids that were 11, 10, and 8 in Colorado, I told him I was going to FaceTime him, you know, on a certain schedule. I had an alarm on my phone. I didn't care if I was out to dinner with friends, family, whatnot, down in South Florida. My phone went off, pulled out my phone. I went outside. I got on FaceTime. I called him. When you do have them, one of my buddies, uh, Josh Davis, told me he's kind of going through the same thing. Sorry, Josh, for putting you on blast. So when sorry, you, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, but you're, in a, you're a great example for this. Um, he said, just remove all your distractions. When you're there with them, they are the only thing that matters. Bro, let's dial this back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. That's just parenting. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. I, I want to draw this back to a, a very realistic, you know, thing. It happens to me all the time. Stella and I will get out of the truck to come into this space that we're in right now. And I will look at her and I'll be like, this is the last chance I get to see her this way. And there's so many parents that put their fucking nose in their phone and ignore their fucking kids. I want you to understand when your kids are young and they come to you with anything, you need to pay attention. It doesn't matter what it fucking is because every time that you push them off, what you're doing is you're creating a gap because now they're subconsciously learning that you don't give a fuck about them. And no offense to my parents, but this has happened to me. Yeah. Right? Like, it might be insignificant as fuck. Yeah. I mean, this child came out here and asking me for three different types of snacks. Yeah. But you have to engage them. You have to talk to them. Because they and care. Ignore. Yeah. Whatever they're talking about, they care so much about. And yeah. every time that you ignore them, when they're thinking about that, later on in their teens, in their 20s... 35. Fuck. Yeah, we're there. It's so ingrained in you that they just don't care about this significant event. You just don't talk to them. Perfect example. I'm sorry, but that's the fucking truth. I was just in Florida not even a week ago, a week and a half ago, visiting my daughter. And, you know, I was there. You know, I got to see my mom, which was the first time in two years I got to see my mom. She flew down. It was a great time. But just to let you know on how things change so quickly, like you said, like when you walk into your space, you're like, this is going to be the last time I see her in this position, you know, in this yeah. way. Within a week of me leaving, my my two-year-old learned how to do fist bumps. Hell and yeah, mom. <laughs> and, but it, it broke my heart because, like, I wasn't there. Oh, and I was just like, and I literally, as soon as I saw her FaceTime me and she fist bumped her mom, I literally thought, I was like, was I on my phone? Like when I could have done something, 
Like, cause I'm human. I mess up. I'll be on my phone. I'll text. I'll check Instagram. Yeah. Maybe my daughter was coming out to me for that. And that, so I just had to keep reminding myself like, okay, did I potentially miss that with my daughter? So now next time when I come around, I'm going to be even more keen on not being on my fucking phone if I can be without it. But literally like, I broke down when I saw it. Like it, it literally, it was a sucker punch to my, you know, to myself. It wasn't intentional, but it was just yeah, one of those of things like you want to remove all distractions. But yeah. going back to what my buddy said, remove all distractions. The time you spend with them, make it worth it. Make it where, yeah. like I said, like they are the only thing that matter at that time. And do do like perfect example, right? Is like, what do we do when we don't have our kids, right? Every other week. Yeah. We go fucking snowboarding. So we skiing. make it like a huge plan to go do that. But the same token, I make a plan with my daughter. Just like this weekend, we were talking about how buy Great Wolf Lodge tickets and we'll all go to the water park or whatever the fuck. You need to invest just as much in your children as you do in yourself. And the way that you invest in yourself, right? So you need to do that first is basically the shadow on how you invest for your kids, right? So, like, if I'm like, I'm going to make a fucking trip to Ireland. Yeah. So now I have a trip with my daughter. Yeah. Like I'm going to fucking life and death brigade fucking fest. I'm going to go do something with my fucking daughter. And that's the biggest thing with, with parents is like, you know, there's such a great opportunity to be a kid again. And I think for dads, like we really understand that. Fuck yeah. Nerf gun fights, slime, Water balloons, water parks, Thank like you, water we balloons. get fucking snowballs self- in the face. Bro. Well, we're taking the girls to go fucking snowboarding. Later. Yeah, we're doing like, that in a couple you know weeks. Like, Great dads. Well, just saying. But you have to do that, right? Like you can't. And I, I don't want to say like because a lot of the courts, right? They get very systemic on like the Disney dad. Like I have been I never had that. my fucking kid, but now we're going to fucking Disney. When you do have them, you do all the fun things. You're not there for the rough things. And, the and I want to dial that back to the military aspect. Um, the biggest factor for me leaving at 13 years, instead of riding out the retirement was that the army asked me to go to Germany. Yeah. And this was after my first deployment with my daughter. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. I tried everything under the sun to stay here. Yeah. Right. And how the army is, my sergeant major being like, oh, yeah, we'll help you out. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. That's smoke up my ass. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking piece of shit. Didn't do anything. I did everything I could to stay here and keep a fucking job. And it could not happen. And I left. Yeah. Because that was was me. She is number fucking two. And I'm number one. Absolutely. You have to keep it that way. Seven years. And that's like I was. Looking to get in, and of course, there was like the job options and stuff they wanted me to change. And they didn't tell me, like, I came down to order to go back to South Korea again. I was like, I got three kids. I'm oh, sorry, two yeah. kids at the time. I was like, I ain't leaving them, especially for Korea again. They wanted me to go to Germany yeah. for a three year stint. Yeah. And granted, I was going to go with a platoon sergeant that I had worked with and a Mike Golf that I had worked with. Yeah. And it would have been a fucking blast. Yeah. Probably been it great would've. training. Probably been but great times. But my sergeant major pulled me in the office and he was like, look, I'm the summer dad and my kids love me. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right fucking there, bud. I'm not the summer dad. I'm not the summer dad. I'm the dad. I'm fucking dad. Yeah. That's it. That's I'm not how, summer when dad. I lived in... I'm not weekend dad. Yeah. I'm not fucking distant dad, whatever the fuck. I'm dad. Yeah. And you know what that meant? 
Get the fuck out. Yeah. When I lived in South Florida, that was like I had my kids on spring, every other spring break, the entirety of summer break, and then like Christmas break or something like that. It's like, so my kids only had me when it was convenient and when it was fun. And my 11-year-old, I was thinking, I was like, soon he's going to be wanting to shave. Am I going to have to teach this kid to shave through FaceTime? No, I I can't do that. That's fucked up, bro. Yeah, that's like I'm With that mustache? That's fucked up, bro. Can you imagine a 13-year-old just rocking this walrus stash? I would be proud. <laughs> but what I want to go back to real quick, I know we kind of went on tangent, is you said, you know, you have a plan. You plan something for yourself. You yeah. plan something for her. Yeah. That was actually my number three. Have a plan for visits. Yeah. So if you're doing this long-distance thing, parents, you get your kids, you know, a very small window periodically throughout the year. Make that time not only strictly about them and you, but make it a schedule. Make a you have all the time in the world to make this elaborate plan for a week, you know, a month or something like that, where yeah. you can go and get all this stuff checked out to where you know you guys are, you know, making memories, having fun, and doing everything together. I 100% agree with you, but just thinking about our audience, you don't have to be going through this situation to do that shit. No, you don't. No. We have game night. We do shit all the fucking time. We do taco Tuesday. Oh, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. No, what, what but, I'm yeah. saying, what I'm saying is, that I, I think it's a beautiful thing what you mentioned. But what I don't want to be dismissed is the fact that it's like, oh, every now and then, you know, we're yeah. scheduling these things. Be a fucking parent, dude. Yeah. Have fun with your kids, and then dial involve them, them in everything that you do. Dial, well, everything that you do too. You know what else I want to bring light to? Do it. Argue in front of your kids. Yes. You know what the biggest fucking issue I have is I never watched any of the situations growing up between step-parents, non-step-parents, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Real arguments didn't happen. What happened was the violence after the The yelling. Like when they left the room and then you're in the living room and then they're pissed and they're storming through the living room where you're at and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Stop sheltering your kids from the real world experiences in life appreciate them every fucking moment that you have them whether you're a single parent co-parenting whatever the fuck it is appreciate time is the most precious commodity that we have money we can make that shit back i always say that it's like you ain't gonna take that with you you're not yeah the time your kid doesn't get to be seven after they're eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> hearing them right now, just in there yeah, talking and yipping and both yapping. Both of our girls are in, in my daughter's bedroom, just fucking yapping it up. And you know what? <laughs> Wanting snacks. I love it. I've, I've been listening to it this whole podcast. I you absolutely love it. Get this back. And no. every time that you're like, not right now, not right now, you're not, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be fucking 85 on your fucking deathbed wishing you had more goddamn time with your kids. Absolutely. That's do absolutely. not waste the fucking time you have. Huh. Put it down, man. I I know like a lot of your shit's important, like Instagram and blah 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 blah. Oh. blah but yeah, don't, bruh, don't forget the followers. Like, be real. Oh. Yeah, like influencers. Subscribe, but at the same time, like, <laughs> come on, man. And that's with everything. And that's what I'm so burnt up about. Like, that's my biggest fucking problem with life. Is like, no one's present. They're not. And they no. don't value fucking time. They value money. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense, bro. Yeah. It doesn't. 
Like, oh, God, I wish I had $100,000 to get rid of all my problems. No, bitch. You would have 100,000 more fucking problems. Yeah, because you dig yourself in another fucking pit to try to get yourself out Yeah, because out you of. don't know what the fuck you need. You yeah. live amongst your means. You're fucking, you're yeah. lost. Yeah. Time. That's what's important. Wake up early. Spend yeah. time with your fucking kids. Make your goddamn plan That's like that, you mentioned. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I said, like a lot of times like I'll wake up early. Like, I, I tell some of my workers, um, because I have workers that live in Maryland, Colorado, Arizona, all, all over. Right. Diff- three different time zones I work with. And I always tell them, it's like, if I know I'm going to have overtime that day, I will wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So that way, I can do my overtime in the morning, and I can still get off 3 o'clock if I have my kids that day. I'm getting off all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's that like? What's It's miraculous. Toe curling. Dark chocolate. <laughs> Dark chocolate. Whiskey. Whiskey. I'm not gonna And a good you. mindset. Yeah. A good mentality. A good personality. <laughs> but yeah, I'm always doing that kind of stuff, you know. You know, making as much time as possible. But all right, we kind of went on this huge tangent. I we, we really hope this kind of like, you know, reached out towards um, you know, both sides of the party when it comes to co parenting. Like I said we're if just you we're just parenting in general. And parenting, I know we went yes, way longer parent, than we yeah. intended to go. But this is might... one thing that's really needed, I think. And you know what? And uh, like I told you before we started this one, I was happy about this one. Whereas with episode three, I was not so much excited about this. Yeah. This is like you have so much potential for creating happiness in your family. With doing these things. And it doesn't matter if you're a single parent. It doesn't matter if you're co-parenting. doesn't matter if you've got a marriage, a wonderful, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. marriage. Yeah. There's so much to gain from this. Like, stop being a helicopter parent. Let your fucking kids be fucking kids, yeah. bro. Appreciate the time that you have with them because you cannot fucking get that shit back. Your phone, your all the Instagram shit, that's... It doesn't no matter one if you cares get about you on that likes, shit. You're not no one get a second. Yeah, back. those likes. No one really gives a shit about you. No one that likes your picture really gives a shit. The time you took to post it yeah. and advertise it, they don't give a shit about what you just you missed out with your kid. Yeah, Fuck don't. them. They don't. So whenever you're going to post something, you're really worried about your likes. Just remember that that who's ever liking it doesn't give a shit about like the time you just missed out with your kids. Yeah, spend your time with your kids, man. Huh. That's the, this is the biggest point of this. Be an asshole. Yeah. Whole fucking podcast. And I know it went longer than it should have, but you know what? We appreciate you. Always. Hanging out for the whole fucking time. What do you say? We love you, fuckies. Please like, subscribe, and share if you think anybody will find value in this. And just be somebody that makes everybody want to be somebody. Especially your goddamn kids. <laughs> Later, fuckies. Cheers.